Welcome to the leadership series on the sofa with Angie. I'm Angie Vo, the founder and CEO of Women in Tech Forum, and I'm joined today by Laurie Booth, who is the Global Director of Talent Attraction at GBG. Laurie, it's a pleasure to chat to you today. Thank Hello, you. I'm the... Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, sort of your journey into the tech industry and how you arrived at GBG. Yeah, gosh. Oh, my goodness. How long do you have? Um, no, I'm joking. I um, you know what I think my my journey to tech, but my journey kind of professional journey. I was thinking this the other day or, or when I was kind of thinking about what we'd talk about today. I think it started genuinely when I was about 13. Right. Because I remember we I'm from Devon. So like absolute middle of nowhere. And I um, there was like one local pub that I could walk to. So we didn't have anything else in the village. We just had this pub. And I really wanted to make my own money. I kind of like knew that if I wanted nice things, if I wanted to buy things, I needed to get a job. Um, and I remember plucking up the courage to go and ask the landlady of this pub, like if there were any jobs going. And I was 13 and I could literally see my heart beating in my chest. I was that nervous. I don't know why. It wasn't even an interview. It was just sort of literally, do you have any jobs? Can I come and come and work here? I think maybe because that was the only place within walking distance. So if she just said no, then it would have been really difficult. Um, but she, and she said to me, she was like, well, I've been really let down by a lot of people. So you've got one shot um, and you can't start till you're 14. So a few weeks later, I started there. And when I think about some of the fundamental skills that I've learned just in life and that I apply even at work today, I learned a lot of them there. And I know that sounds really kind of basic, but, you know, if you think about customer service, if you think about dealing with challenging stakeholders or difficult you know difficult situations and you know just how to delight your customers how to build trust and things like that and how, how to kind of put yourself forward and develop I think I learned a lot in that kind of environment and I worked there you know throughout kind of holidays and after school and college and then breaks from uni um, so I worked there for, for quite a long time so I was probably about 21 or something um, and I do think a lot of yeah I, I got that that job to to thank you know um, and so it kind of started there, but I went to uni in Cardiff um, and I graduated slap bang in the middle of a recession. So did English. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but, and it, but because it was a recession, everyone was like, oh, you never get a job and it's going to be really tough and there's no graduate schemes. So I kind of applied for everything and anything because I was flexible. I'd sort of thought there's not a lot in Devon. There weren't a lot of jobs kind of or entry level jobs. So I applied for a job at Haymarket in London. Um, and I got it so it was a it was a sales exec role and ironically because obviously now my my specialism is talent attraction but I my first ever professional uh, role was selling recruitment advertising space to in-house recruiters um, both online and you know back then also in print I don't even know if print job advertising like still exists I don't think it does but yeah we used to kind of um, we used to sell that and I that was my kind of first big professional job and it was my first time working in media um and again I learned absolutely low I've got hey you know I, I've got a lot to thank Haymarket for because that that was my kind of first shot at working you know just literally I'd never had an email a professional email address I'd never managed a team and I managed to develop in that role um 
and and was really supported by the management there um so that was kind of my first my first experience I didn't love selling I'll be honest I I didn't like the cold calling I really struggled with it I could do it but I remember I used to be like oh gosh um and then so I started kind of speaking to employers about how they can um communicate their employer brand across our different media channels and one of my clients said to me well, why don't you come and do that for us why don't you come and be a recruiter so then I moved kind of to Denso Aegis so from kind of media and then into kind of digital and that was my first actual you know day-to-day recruitment role so actually speaking to candidates and I liked that because a huge part of recruitment is sales so I'd learned my sales fundamentals at Haymarket and kind of transferred them over to uh to Dentsu but it wasn't really cold calling it was offering people you know the opportunity to 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 it sounds a bit intense but change their lives find a new role um and I absolutely loved that and again kind of managed to to progress at Dentsu um I think when I look at my career you know when you're perhaps younger or when you look at really successful people I think we often assume that they've just gone like that up and up and up you know pay rise after pay rise after promotion after promotion my career has been a bit kind of more squiggly and I've sort of made decisions that like I, I, I'm not very good at taking risks so anything that I think when it's a big life decision I'll, I'll really think about it but I've often taken like a sidestep or a backstep or a pay cut and it's normally been going back to go forward um, and I think that's important because like I said I think you look at some people and you're like wow you're just so amazing and you've achieved so much and you must never have thought about even sideways move but I think it's really important so yeah I moved over to Dentsu so didn't manage a team um, but then again managed to um, progress and get more responsibility and ultimately start leading a team um, then I moved up to to Manchester and took another kind of sideways east step um, and I joined an oh, just an absolutely amazing market research agency called Join the Dots. They're now called Humanate. Um, so then I kind of was touching on market research and social. Um, and in that role, I was tasked with um, building up a talent attraction function from, from kind of scratch. So again, not something I'd done before, um, you know, really had the opportunity to 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 work with legal, you know, draft com, well, not com, sorry, draft contracts, you know, build a PSL. And I sort of, um, I sort of worked myself out of a job, to be honest, in that. Um, I, because, you know, once I'd filled the roles and the company, and they had the function there, they weren't going through a massive period of growth. So there wasn't going to be much more recruitment. So I applied for a job at Dell, which was definitely, um, a step back it was literally sourcing so not even recruiting sourcing but the, the salary was good so I thought this is my chance to get into a global tech company so this is going to be it because I've got media and digital and I've done some tech but this is a real opportunity to kind of hit the ground running and I'd always wanted to get into tech because I think if you're looking at an industry that's sort of ever evolving so you're always going to be able to to kind of learn and progress I thought that'd be the best industry for me um and it was while I was at Dell that um I got approached by the job at GVG and I was kind of like at first absolutely played at my own game because the recruiter was like do you want to have a chat about this job and I was like no I'm fine thank you like I work at Dow I've never heard at GVG I'm just being honest and she was like well you've got nothing to lose just have a chat like you don't you don't have to take it and we can just you know at least I'll know what you're what you've what motivates you what you're looking for for the future this is literally what I do to people every day so I don't know how I didn't recognize it happening to me and um 
honestly, as soon as she started talking about GBG, the culture, I started looking at what we do around kind of identity, location and fraud technology. I was like, oh my goodness, I really want to work here. Like managing a team again, really want to do that. You know, I really want to, it's a truly global role. So I'd recruited across kind of EMEA and a bit of Singapore and, and the US, but you know, this is my opportunity to really step up and and take responsibility for a team and global regions and kind of build out my, um, you know, really build on my career. So, yeah, I then that was about three and a half years ago, something like that. And um, I haven't really looked back since, but a lot has happened in that time. <laughs> so sorry, that's a, a very long winded overview of like 13 year old Laurie to mid 30s, Laurie. Thank you. And what an inspiring story. And I really like this sort of drive from an early age as well and working yeah. in a local pub. And I think those kind of skills really equip people with, you know, you mentioned customer service, oh, yeah. dealing with people. And I think it's really important because you can actually take those transferable skills into yeah. your sort of adult life and into the workplace um so 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 that's really fascinating thank you no I've always said you know honestly I just I've got so much to thank that job for um and I've said to Dan my husband I'm like when Jacob's older he is a hundred percent going to work like as soon as he is allowed <laughs> legally he's getting a job you know thinking fast and just dealing with pressure dealing with stress you know it's all of it is such great grounding I think and also just having your own money and being responsible for your own money and when it's gone it's gone and budgeting all that kind of thing I just think it's it's it was great um and I'm a big fan of of yes of kids and teenagers doing that absolutely um and so you joined GBG at the start of the global pandemic um what was that like for you and, and how did you sort of embed yourself into the organization um, being fully remote for a, a long period of time? Yeah, well, ironically, one of the things that that sort of made me think, oh, maybe I do move roles is that Dell has a very, very remote first um, kind of culture, which is great. Um, but I was sort of like, you know, it would be nice to get into an office a little bit more. And, and so maybe that's another kind of reason for, for taking this role. And then obviously I... I accepted the job and signed the contract in January, um, but I wanted to wait for my bonus at Dell before I actually started. So I said to my boss at the time at GBG, I said, look, two options, either I can start on the 1st of April or you could give me the, the bonus guarantee. So you can give me the bonus equivalent in a sign-on bonus. He was like, look, let's do 1st of April because this is a conversation happening in January, 1st of April, because it aligns with our, um, our financial year. We don't really do sign-on bonuses. So I was like, yep. Yeah works for me happy about that um and then obviously I, I handed my notice in at Dell in the March and was put on garden leave um and literally at that point so it's my 30th birthday uh, which was cancelled because of Covid um but I did get engaged because Dan had always planned to do that on my birthday I had a massive party plan like yeah um and so all of these things were happening and I was like this is we're in the middle of like at the time we didn't know what covid was and when we reflect on covid like i think everybody takes a step back and goes oh my god that was just bizarre um but yeah starting a job because i called my boss at the time matt i said look do i have a job because i was looking at a lot of companies putting on full-on recruitment freezes i had friends that were being either furloughed or let go so i was like oh my gosh um 
what what am I going to do? And Dan and I again had had a conversation. I I didn't want to just take any old role. So I've never worked recruitment agency side. That didn't really appeal to me. I think the cold calling element again, I just was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to take the wrong career. So I genuinely had said, look, I'll I'll go and work in Morrison's. I'll do the night shift because that was paying reasonably well I thought you know be a delivery driver do a job that's in demand in the pandemic until I find something but I spoke to Matt and he was like no I really valued his transparency so one of our our values are all kind of centered around trust because that's what GBG does we build trust in a digital world through our solutions and he was really transparent with me he was like look we have discussed whether we we're going to continue with your employment he was like but we are you know we need somebody um and I thought GBG did a genuinely fantastic job of just switching to in-person onboarding to true remote global onboarding I mean I had all of my equipment ahead of the start date I had um like a really like really really nice messaging and I commented on the time at the time to say this is great because it was around again being quite straightforward and saying we know it must be really weird to join a company like from your house we also know that you might not have an office space or you might have children or pets around and I was like, I really like that you're just owning it. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you're kind of saying this is odd for all of us, but we're in it together. And, you know, the CEO, Chris and James, our chief people officer, they had a biweekly um, kind of chat, uh, an up business update during that started in the pandemic. And that was to update people, check everyone was OK, give people the chance to ask any question they want <laughs> live. Um, and the questions can be really intense. Um, but they're still doing those kind of bi-weekly, fully open forum conversations. And again, I just really liked that approach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my onboarding was was kind of, yeah, quite, quite smooth. And I think the response to the global emergency has was was brilliant from from GBG. I don't I can't compare it to anything. But, yeah, I think um, I think they did a great job. Um, and I guess for me, it was like. A lot of my stakeholders are global anyway. So actually, you know, e even if I was in an office five days a week, I'm not going to speak to my APAC stakeholders face to face. Maybe never. Like, <laughs> genuinely not. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, kind of all just had that win together mentality and that we're in it together. And um, I definitely still feel that here. Absolutely. Um, and sort of looking at GBG's culture and, and sort of approach to um, diversity, inclusion, belonging, um, you know, you've won multiple uh, awards as an employer yeah. of choice for women and diversity awards. Mm. And I think your journey at GBG has also been a great example of um, of the culture and actually seeing it in practice, because yeah. you got a promotion when you were pregnant at GBG. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and we hear so many negative experiences about when yeah. women are pregnant or they go on maternity leave they're passed over for promotions not just whilst they're on maternity leave but when they come back and they feel that their careers had a step back so I'd love to hear about sort of your experience and, and yeah. sort of getting that promotion whilst you were pregnant totally I mean I think again like it's you, you said that there are so many negative stories that we hear um I mean I follow pregnant and screwed I don't know if you know that they're brilliant and they highlight these kind of really big issues that are going on um and it is a shame really isn't it that we're sat here going wow you were promoted when you're pregnant that's amazing because it could, should kind of just be like you know you 
you were deserving of a promotion and we gave it to you but it's just I know so many organizations that wouldn't have done it um and for me yeah oh absolute opposite so again I mean GBG in the pandemic our solution like our solutions were in demand okay and I do say that um you know I, I'm careful when I say that because I know that for some businesses it the, the pandemic was really not you know it, it wasn't it wasn't as, as kind of uh, positive but so so we just had huge volumes of hiring went through a pe- period of huge growth um and I said to my boss at the time I said oh look um you know to to do this I need a much bigger team I need a, a truly global team um, and I'm going to need some big investment as well because we need a new applicant tracking system you know we, we are growing very quickly and I need the the infrastructure to support that um, and I've never built a global team I've never implemented an applicant tracking system um, so James the CPO chief people officer was like yeah well you're going to have to ask the exec for the investment so put it put a presentation together and you can join the exec now I was like, oh, my God, I kind of thought you'd say no. <laughs> or I thought you'd challenge me. And what the, you know, oh, my God. So I put this together and I went through everything. I genuinely felt like I was going on Dragon's Den. Um, I had all of my financial. So I sent it, like the pre-read ahead and, and kind of what I was going to talk about to the exec. And I had everything written down. Like, you know, when you prepare to within an inch of your life. And I went on again, another I could see my heart beating in my chest. Um, and I went on and I kind of explained it and they were like, if this is what you need, yeah, go ahead. And I could not believe it. So, you know, yes, okay, one of other pe- the um kind of pillars of our employee brand is that we grow when you grow. So the the focus on development is massive, but I didn't think they would actually say yes, really, in the back of my mind. Um, so I came off that call and I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I was given the opportunity to build that global team absolutely they knew I was pregnant they didn't even I mean everyone was like, oh congratulations that's great but you know we've got we've got work to do let's go we're all in it together you know so I was like oh my gosh um so yeah built the global team implemented the ATS and again just learning so much um even just around kind of yes of course an applicant tracking system is a data minefield so but working with our data team on the DPIA and all, all of this opportunity but it's always kind of been like be yourself Laurie work hard you own your own career like go and do it and it's yeah it was just fantastic so I was promoted yeah while I was pregnant um and it was just yeah I I was really happy obviously and um it was a bit weird I kind of I suppose growing the team knowing I was pregnant was a bit random because you're sort of saying you know come and work for me come and work for this amazing organization these are our values this is why we're a great place to work but I'm not going to be here for a year that was kind of strange but I had to be straight up with the team you know I didn't want to um not be and thankfully um the people that I recruited uh before before I left still were still there when I got back and they're still here now so um yeah good decisions all around that's really inspiring um and also, um, when you came back from um, from maternity leave, um, you know, if, if we look at sort of the benefits that you had sort of on mat and sort of coming back, um, what you have at GBG is um, sort of far supersedes, um, you know, the yeah, industry does. average. Love to, can you share a little bit more about what some of those yeah, benefits are? Absolutely. So, um I guess for well, first things first, like I said straight away, I'd like a year because I just kind of felt like I might not get this opportunity again or if, you know, that wasn't even question. And again, like it shouldn't be because that's legal and, and, and I'm totally entitled to that in the UK. 
but I know a lot of friends have been talked down and kind of go well you know mm, a year's a long time could you do six months that really wasn't like the case at GBG it was like yeah of course you have what you want like we're here to support you um and and as I was on Matt Lee, so one of the benefits that we have at GBG is when you're as part of our family friendly policy, when you return from parental leave, you return on um, an 80 percent uh, working week uh, f- at full pay for three months. So because I was a full time worker at five days for the first three months that I returned, um, I was working four days a week for the same pay. Um, and I'd met I literally had made a comment to James, our CPO when I was just having like a kind of catch up with him in mat leave, um, that was good as well. You know, they were like, if you want to do kit days, amazing, which I did for some more money. Um, but they, there was no kind of, it wasn't intense. They were really respectful of my time with the baby. Um, but I said to James, you know, what I really want to do is make that four day week work. Um, and then, and then go back, you know, go four days, um, kind of full time after that. And literally, I just said that to him and then like within a matter of days I had a contract in my inbox and he was like if you want four days a week you can sign it you can have it I just couldn't believe it um and not only that you know we'd hired I used to do reporting um the TA reporting myself and like I'm spreadsheet work is not my my thing I can do it but because it's not like a real natural skill for me I have to really focus concentrate it's really draining so I was spending about a day a week doing all of that on a Friday and he was like and we've hired Siley who is going to do all your reporting so that's really you know because that's how we're gonna you know help you to be able to do this four-day week and I just couldn't believe it it was um yeah honestly it was it was it's brilliant um and again I just don't know that many employers that that are doing it but it's so important that we do right if we're gonna we have really ambitious um goals to to hire more women into tech and and into the the roles that we have we have to support them but not just obviously women but 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 any parent you know we have it has to be equal so you know just because for example you're a a working father or you're you're a a man and you're coming back off paternity leave doesn't mean that you shouldn't also have that four-day week or that 80% week however it works you know it's um because I wouldn't be able to kind of do what I did if Dan didn't have flexibility do you know what I mean um so yeah, it's just been, it's been a really good, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's been crazy learning like to juggle, um, like, yeah, being a mum and being a, a director, but I think we've just about got it. Uh, it does make me laugh though. Sometimes when I think about myself on that leave or like my Friday off with the baby and I'm like sat in some sort of like circle singing, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And then I think back to a really serious meeting I've had at work. <laughs> it's just wearing two hats, but um, yeah, it's been really positive. Oh, and fantastic because so many people don't have that positive experience at work and it and it's really nice to see you know companies like GBG just really acknowledging that and providing the support for working parents yeah. um because we see quite a lot of women in particular drop out of the workforce when they have children um for, for many reasons um one of which is just that you know it, their employers aren't as supportive as they could yeah. be um, so in closing, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to other working mums in the tech industry? Well, I think, A, genuinely, and I'm not trying to plug GBG, but where possible, you know, choose an employer that is supportive of this, that has a good family friendly policy. There's no shame in asking to see a family friendly policy or maternity policy before you accept a job offer. We need to normalise that. We need to normalise talking about what they are rather than kind of saying, oh, 
want to start a family if I can't say anything. So, A, don't be afraid of that. And if your employer's weird about it, maybe question whether they're the right employer. Um, but I think for me, it's the advice would be A, be kind to yourself. So one of our um uh, our exec uh, members, Lara, she um she said to me, she was like, be kind to yourself, because I said, I don't feel as sharp. You know, I've I've not been on a laptop. I haven't I haven't used a pen and paper like for a year. My my job for this last year has been cleaning up sick and, you know, trying to get the hang of breastfeeding and then like weaning and all these things. It's just so bizarre and fitting it all in. And she she sent me the most lovely message when I returned, just basically being like, look, it's it's a whirlwind. But if you want to chat, I'm here. And she said and a lot of us have got experience of doing this. And A, I just think that's amazing. Um, the, the support there. But B, I think. My advice again would be, yeah, be kind, but don't be afraid to ask for support and build a network of people either in work or outside of work that you can talk to and get advice from. I think that's really important. Just having having a vessel of people to, to be honest with. And it doesn't have to be people that have kids as well. You know, people that that have that juggle multiple hats. I think it, it's really um, I found it really therapeutic just to share stories. I'm an oversharer anyway. So that's um. Yeah, thank God GBG have got a be yourself <laughs> like mantra because otherwise, yeah, probably yeah, <laughs> probably wouldn't have got to where I have. So yeah. Oh, Laurie, thank you. That's so inspiring. Thank you so much for, for being so open and so candid and sharing your, your story and experiences um you know in the industry but also as a working parent as well um it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, you today too. thank you oh no worries thanks so much cheers Angie